Welcome. My name is Paula Ramirez and this is Chicana Mom Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to all the hardworking Chicana moms and their familias. We talk about life, parenting, the emotions we go through as human beings, the journeys of the struggles and triumphs, life stories, God, education, music, and more. I strongly believe we're connected in this world. Unidas creamos cambio. Querer es poder. Now let's get started. Welcome, Chicana Moms. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I am having a very productive day and I feel so good. You know, um, if most of you did not know, I'm actually working on my second master's. I am attending USC for my master's in social work. I am in love with this program, you guys. It is so beautiful. I already have about 10 years of experience in the field, but just I don't know this just this program is so beautiful and I just every single assignment yeah it's a little challenging at times but overall is so self-gratifying because I'm doing something that I love and that's why I feel productive today but overall I hope you're doing great um, I hope that when you woke up this morning you were able to look at the positive things in your life and to appreciate every single thing. We might not have everything that we want in life, you guys, but we have enough of what we need. So today I want to talk to you about racismo, racism. Um, it's really unfortunate, but it's something that we see in our society. And I actually watched a video, it was a documentary and this documentary was um, meeting with the enemy. And it was an activist. Um, she's from India. And she actually took it upon herself to go out there and interview um, KKK individuals. She sat down with them one-on-one -on -one to understand them, their mindset how do they see life? What do they really believe in? And who are they really? We look at people on a daily basis, um, even those who we don't know, and even those who we think we know, family members, friends. But we at some point without realizing, we do judge other people. And it's something that's within us, but we can't let that conquer our lives. We cannot be racist, even if we say we're not. I think at some extent, because of what we've seen and heard in our society, there is that piece of us that do, we do have racism. Just everyone has it in different levels. That's just my opinion. But today I want to talk to you based on my perspective of what I've learned, um, heard, and read, and how I feel, because I'm speaking from my heart as well. Um, regarding el racismo. And let's get started.
Okay, let's start off by talking about what racism is. So racism is prejudice. Um, racism brings discrimination to the table. Um, it antagonizes directly against someone of a different race based on the beliefs that one's own race is superior. So when I read this, um, I know it can take me directly to, oh, the white people think they're superior. Not all white people think that, though. There's really good, amazing white people out there. Um, but you know what it also takes me to, you guys? It takes me to when a Mexican is racist against another Mexican. Just because, oh, I'm Mexican with a light skin and you're Mexican with a dark skin. Like, what the fuck is that? Seriously. It's, like, so pathetic. I mean, we can dissect that to the point of skin, um, financial status, um, oh, the the kind of car that you drive or the area that you live in, um, that to me is considered racism. It's just pathetic. It's, it's disrespectful. It doesn't matter, right? We can really talk about this topic on and on, but I want to really dissect this in the manner of how I perceive it. And if you agree and dis- if you agree to disagree, that is okay. But if you agree, great. If you don't, it's okay. Right. But Racism is something that starts in the home. In my opinion, it really does start in the home. If there is a family that has the same way of thinking when it comes to racism, then the parents, the siblings, the uncles, the aunts, they can all contaminate themselves with whatever beliefs they have. Yes, you're going to have some. They're not all going to believe the same thing. But if they grew up in an environment in their home thinking that they're superior in some way because whatever, whatever factors play an important role in their life, like financial or materialistic, whatever, um, let's just say, because I'm looking at this at the micro, meso, macro level, and I'm talking about the family, okay, which you look at that unit, then you have the community, the community in large, which let's say they live in a community where they also enforce and they believe in racism. So that family that believes in racism now is in a community who is enforcing that. Then you have the third layer, which is the government. Okay, the bigger picture. And now in our society right now, we have Donald Trump, unfortunately, making some statements that are instigating a lot of, unfortunately, I have to say, white individuals that think their race is more superior because of his statements. So let's use that example. The family grows up thinking racism is fine. Then they live in a community where they also think racism is fine. And then now there's a government leader who believes that white individuals are better. Do you see those three things happening? So let's just move this around a little bit. Let's say that a family who lives in the community who believes in racism doesn't believe in racism. Let's say that family doesn't believe in racism, even if they live in that community. Do you honestly think that with time, that family will change their mindset and start believing what the community says and start believing what the government leader is saying? I don't think so. 
When a family unit has a profound meaning to their culture, to their morals and their beliefs, and that goes way back and is a very consistent, positive influence to every single family member of love yourself and love others, I think that is strong. I've always tried and remind myself because there is a lot of things happening in this world. The good will always overcome the bad. So when a family grows up, and I'm talking, and, and, it, and look, I'm saying when a family grows up believing something, because when a child is developing through their stages and they're growing, the family members are growing with that child as well. You have to. You have to learn how to evolve with every other family member around you. You cannot have a narrow mind to think, oh, my way or the highway kind of approach. I want to add that the reason I'm saying that racism starts in the home is because of all those factors that I mentioned. Yet, I want to tell you this. When I looked up the word racism, just to be more clear into getting the full meaning, there was a word under that definition, I mean, under that word, and it said antagonizing. Okay, so you know what? That stood out for me. I pulled it out. I dissected that word. And this is what I got from it. Antagonizing is active hostility or opposition. Bitterness, dislike, and blood, blood, bad blood. That's what I'm trying to say. And you know what it takes me though? It takes me to some of those family members. I mean, when I say family members, I'm not just talking about like just one, like one immediate family. I'm talking like the whole entire family, like primos, you know, uh, tios, tias, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, hostility, bad blood. There's family members who have killed family members. There's parents who have killed their own children. We cannot look at racism as just like just the community. I think as racist, well, individuals who, let me clear this up because that didn't sound right. But when we look into the word and the actions of what racism is, it all starts in the home and within the family unit in large, of course. There's people that have a lot of hostility, a lot of bitterness, like the elephant in the room. And then family members don't want to talk about it, but they'll say, you know, sarcastic comments. And a lot of times, like what people say, tirando piedradas, you know, never really talking directly. And you know, one of the things about this video that I mentioned earlier, that activist was able to take time out of her day to create this documentary, to sit down one-on-one -on -one with that individual and just connect. And I honestly think that with our family members, we don't do that. We don't sit down with them one-on-one -on -one and, and ask them questions. What are your dreams? Are you happy? How can I help you? Do you love yourself? Tell me more about yourself. All I know is this, this, and that, but I know there's more. When the fuck do we actually take the time to sit down with our family members? We really don't. We really don't. We could go to the park, 
we can go have carne asada, we can, you know, go to a baby shower, we can go to a baptism, we can go to a wedding. But all we do is, hi, how are you? A hug and that's it. Or how's everything going? I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we do do that with some family members, but sometimes we don't do it with all. Is that something that's not realistic to do? And if not, then why is it that we, why don't we do it? What stops us? Since racism brings disrespect, disconnection, no love, discrimination, etc., etc. I think as individuals, we have to look at ourselves to the people who we have in our circle. I'm not saying dismissing the fact that we have to get disconnected from society because we all need to unite. Unity creates change. Only if obviously you're doing it in a positive manner, but unfortunately it also creates negative change when people that are gathering together to create destruction, that could also happen, unfortunately. But I'm talking about the positive approach. We sometimes, you know, hear other family members or even sometimes ourselves like, oh, me cae gordo, me cae gorda, like, oh, es bien chismoso, es bien chismosa, da, 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 blah, 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 whatever. And then maybe sometimes we put ourselves in a special position to where we can be fake because it's kind of like, how can I tell this person that she's a liar, that she um, is a flake and I fucking hate that or whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying all these things because... There's so many options to choose from. But I think that overall, we don't really know how to communicate, you guys. I think we need to learn how to be more courageous to express our thoughts and our feelings to our family members in a way that they're going to take it more like in a loving manner versus an attacking manner. It's so easy to destroy someone's self-esteem, someone's person with words. Words are very powerful. And it's so challenging sometimes to construct relationships. I have come across people who it's easier for them to just detach. They isolate themselves. They don't like to talk to people as much. And they don't attend family um gatherings because it's just easier why do I have to put up with fake shit well look I don't think it's even creating an environment of being fake I think it's just about learning how to connect yes there's going to be those individuals in our own families or just going to have that mindset of like like just closed mindset they're not going to be open to really hear you or um, their pride is everything their ego And I get it. I get it. We can change everyone. And this is not even about changing someone. This is about changing ourselves to be able to, to open our mind and our hearts to connect with other family members. Now, within family members, there's a lot of disconnection sometimes. And I think that as we're young, well, let's just say us as adults now. When we, we were younger, we can pretty much kind of remember or think about who helped me understand the importance of connection with other family members. Me personally, I would say 
my mother and my father because I would see them always involved in helping other family members. If it was with emotional support and if even financial. Anytime something would happen, I would overhear my parents say, we're going to go visit them. Let's see how we can help them. Let's figure it out. And they weren't telling, they weren't telling me that directly, but just hearing them in my home environment planted a seed for me to understand that unity and respect and support is so important in a family. But don't get me wrong. There's also some family members who have so much pride that are very defensive. You can't really tell them anything or correct them, even in a positive manner, because they get all jumpy and they start like saying comments like, what the fuck? (laughs) And, oh, God, that's their problem. At that point, it's kind of just trying. But I've said this before in my previous podcast that when... There's people who are not willing to hear you out. And it's not about shutting people out, you guys. It's about just taking a step back. If they need our help genuinely, we have to be there for them. But if they start manipulating and being very connival, then that's a totally different story. There, we have the choice of saying, you know what, I'm sorry, no. I'm not even saying sorry, just saying like, nope. And I think that's another thing. We don't know how to learn. Some people don't know how to say or haven't learned they use the word no towards a family member. And that's a totally different topic I'll talk about because I that's important. But it is important to create connection with our family members. It really is. Not just when like problems happen, but it's important just to connect with those individuals in our family that can totally understand how our family works how we see things, the culture, the beliefs, the religion, etc. And that would be a very beautiful thing to do. Why don't we create or make time to bond with other family members? And you know what? As I'm saying other family members, you know, I did mention I'm talking about el primo, la prima, el hijo de la prima, el tío, la tía, etc., etc. But... There's also parents who sometimes don't make the time to connect with their own children. So that's important. That is so important. Racism is something that is learned. A baby, you guys, a baby is not born racist. It doesn't just pop out of the vagina, just kind of like, oh, this little girl's racist because we could tell by the way she does these facial expressions or whatever. That would be so fucking crazy. It's just even so weird to even say it like that. But a baby has no idea what racism is. A toddler. Elementary children. They're just like, eh, we just want to have fun. But where do they start learning racism from? The home. Sometimes, you guys... um, I think that when there's children who feel very disconnected and there's no time for bonding attachment with their parents growing up at home and their parents, let's say they're just, it's just a very hostile environment. There's yelling, etc., demeaning, disrespect. And then they go to school 
and then they get the same treatment where I mean come on how is this child gonna grow up a lot of the times there's a possibility for that child to grow up um, afraid and with time as they're developing their adolescent stage kicks in and they start thinking like I want to be part of a crew I want to be part of something where someone can understand my pain so I can be heard. And a lot of the times, majority of them gravitate to gangs, you know, or some sort of group where it's not healthy. So then they start developing some sort of power to where people are fearing them. And that's where it becomes a problem, especially depending on whatever group they're involved in. Gang members, I mean, I don't know exactly and I can't get so profound in it or any group that just unfortunately has violence involved. I think that those individuals that grow up not feeling that bond and attachment or a connection within their, with their parents and their family members, their community as well, um, they feel so disconnected. So if someone feels disconnected and not her, they're going to behave the way they feel. Now, let's continue to talk about racism and the different problems that arise within a family. And let's take a small break and we'll be right back. <laughs> When we talk about yelling, yelling is something that shouldn't be happening only if it's when you need help, like, or if you're trying to communicate to someone when they're probably freaking blocks away. But if you're literally in a room and you can hear each other without yelling, why do people yell? Why is there that big disconnection? You know why? Because that's how disconnected the relationship has been. You are yelling so loud when the person is literally five steps away from you or even 10. And you're yelling because you don't feel heard. I think that as family members, we have to really evaluate what are the things that we're still imitating that are not healthy for our own children now, um, which is the new generation, and even to continue to instigate um, other people to uh, continue to believe what we shouldn't be believing, which is like racism, discrimination, hatred, bad blood, etc. But um, we want to be able to understand the good things, though, too. What are the good things that we've learned throughout of the years from our great grandparents, our grandparents, our parents? as adults and what is it that we're handing over to our kids like what gift are we giving them are we giving them the gift that's like loving powerful like in a very positive manner or are we giving them a pretty shitty gift you know we have to evaluate that because we're taking in what we learned and that doesn't mean we have to hand over to our children everything because we know that a lot of the times depending on the life that we were exposed to there's certain there were definitely some certain things that um, were not healthy. Every family has their own way of just um, living life. And sometimes 
many families live a big lie. I don't know. I'm just giving a general. I know every family is so different. But overall, what I'm trying to say is that we need to evaluate what are the things that we're taking in from our culture, like the good things, and what is it that we need to remove so that we don't continue um, unhealthy patterns. We need to be able to learn how to hear people out. We need to learn as individuals how to communicate. We can say whatever we want, but it all depends how we say it. We need to learn as individuals to learn how to connect, how to bond, to make time, to be able to know more about our kids, more about ourselves, more about el tío, la tía, la prima, el primo, el cuñado, la cuñada, etc., etc., And we need to learn how to bond with other people in our society as well. The simple, hello, how are you doing? Hope you have an amazing day. If someone gives up their seat for you to sit down saying like, wow, you're amazing. Thank you so much. I think a simple thank you is speaks volumes, you guys. A simple smile, etc. I can go down the list, but I think you get me. In order to be able to decrease or eliminate, hopefully, um, racism is to attack it with love, consideration, compassion, and overall empathy. But if you don't know what empathy looks like, feels like, smells like, etc., bring empathy for yourself and for your family members first, and then it will obviously create this domino effect off to other members of your community and it's so beautiful to see that so many people are gathering for rallies and marches to create an impact um, that brings unity love and respect for those who need the support so we'll end this podcast like this You are the impact of the next generation. I don't care how old you are. You are the impact of the next generation. But we need to be able to impact even the current generations. The current generations that sometimes have a narrow-minded approach. And the only way that we're going to be able to make an, an impact with people is just to connect in a good, loving, empathetic manner. Thank you so much for listening to me. I appreciate your time and I wish you the best in everything that you do. Love yourself, love your family, and love your community and love our world. Bye.